welcome to another episode of Chip and Andy's Doubt, Joe. I'm Chip. He's Andy. Hello. Namaste. Namaste. There we go. And we're here to talk about the Netflix series Iron Fist. Tonight we're going to cover episode three, but uh, but we got a bunch of Marvel news beforehand, and we got to plug uh, where I'm going in a couple days, Andy. So yes. Uh, well, let's start off with what have you been up to? Um, I did do something marvelous today. Oh. <laughs> I touched Lola. You what? I touched Lola. <laughs> Where's the pictures of this? Why aren't they up on our Facebook page? I, I, it's a Lego Lola. Oh, okay. <laughs> I picked up the the Lego. What, what was it? Detroit Steel set, I think it was. I think I uh, that, that, that came. <laughs> yeah, that came with Coulson and Lola. I, like I saw it in the in this the supermarket mm-hmm. um, yesterday. I was like, well, I have to buy that. Like. It's here. I need yep. to get it. Like, I've, I haven't seen it in the wild before, which is why I haven't bought it. But, like, it was there, and I'm like, yep, yeah, it's payday. I'm buying this. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. I, I, built, I built that today and then and then played uh, Lego Avengers. Okay. Which is, uh, which I, I've talked about this on the show before because, like, I played it when it, when it first came out. But I bought it, I, I, I think I bought it on the wrong platform because I bought it on Steam. <laughs> And uh, I didn't really like the version that was on Steam. It was kind of glitchy and stuff. So, uh, but the the PS4 version is much better. And I did buy. The, I bought the season pass as well, which has Agents of Shield content in it. Yep. Which is what what I want to play. And I I don't know if you've if you played the Agents of Shield stuff, chap. But um, I don't think I did. I, I haven't gotten to that yet, so I'll report back on that once I once I actually play it. But it's it's a good game if you if you like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, I think it's uh it's kind of a must play because it's got like everything in it yeah they really do cram the characters in and the new one is oh i'll I'll be seeing it the next weekend but um next the next one looks good too yeah the lego marvel superheroes 2 which is is a bit of a weird one because like the avengers one is like totally mcu based Mm -hmm. and this lego marvel superheroes 2 and it looks mcu based but I'm not sure if it is because the first Lego Marvel superheroes wasn't. It was like Spider Man and Sandman and everything. So yeah, I, well, I'll report back uh, in a week or so. Yeah, because I think what what they've showed like of that game so far, it looks like there's only MCU characters in it mm-hmm. by the looks of it. So or MCU related characters in it anyway. Um, so I'll be curious to see if there's like other ones like X Men and Fantastic Four and stuff in it. That would be odd if they didn't do that because they usually try to, like with uh, the Batman, the last Batman Beyond Gotham, they put mm. everybody in it. Mm-hmm. There was like what three hundred characters. I, I don't know if it was many three hundred, but there was a, a lot of characters in it, like yeah, definitely over a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot, like and even like there was so many obscure people in that it was insane. Um, but but yeah, I think. Uh, they like to be able to boast on these uh, these games that they have a bigger roster than the last one. So hopefully it does. So uh, you playing any more Marvel superheroes Omega? Uh, I, I have not. No, <laughs> I know you're still playing it on on both on both consoles now. Yeah, I do have it on both consoles. I bought the 
Spider-Man uh, pack on Xbox, mm. and it does it doesn't give you all the costumes. It gives you uh, b- uh, b- loot boxes, and you get mm. random ones. And I think I got one or two of the Homecoming costumes, but they, they also have a Spider Gwen, and I really wanted the Spider Gwen. I didn't get mm. that yet. So I got to look, and I don't know, maybe I'll get some time to play tonight uh, after the show. Uh, we'll see. Thanks. But, uh, yeah, I st- I, it's a great game, and like it, it's free to play. And now that I've played on both systems and know kind of how it works, if uh, you're a PlayStation 4 owner or an Xbox One owner or even Steam, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume on Steam because I haven't played it on Steam in years, but um, it you uh, have access to the entire roster of characters, and oh. and you can play as whoever you want uh, up to level ten. After level ten, if you want to level them further, and level ten doesn't isn't going to take you all that long to get to. You're going to have to buy them, but by then hmm. you should have enough to probably buy at least one or two characters. Depending, some are more popular than others, or you can just uh, get you know the, the straight cash homie deal and uh, buy uh, coin in-game currency and buy the character you want. Because hmm. because it, it's a free-to-play game, so any, anyone can try it. Is it worth worth trying for anybody anyway? Oh hell yeah, it's a fun game. Hmm. It's um, it's uh for those that have either played Diablo or Torchlight. It's a it's a loot, overhead loot style game. You can play with your friends, and you level up, get new powers, get better gear, and uh, go from there. Thanks. So, but I, I I do want to get some time in that on that before I go, but I really need to play something fresh for the show this week too. Um, <laughs> the other thing, uh, I I did something I did something semi marvelous this weekend. Mm-hmm. I went and saw Aunt Milf the movie. Did you go? <laughs> hey, I've not seen it yet. I'm going tomorrow. Going tomorrow. All right. uh, I had to change my plan, so we're going tomorrow to see it instead. Not my favorite Marvel movie. Well, we knew that going in, Chip. Yeah, you, you were never going to like this but, movie. <laughs> you know, you know. Some of it's sometimes it's just you know for the show, but uh, you know, I kind it it kind of looked. Like uh, Spider-Man 90210, and mm. it kind of is Spider-Man two, 90210. Um, parts of it are very good. Parts of it are interesting. Uh, it is firmly set in the MCU. That's very clear. Um, but at the same time, it, it was all right. It didn't suck, but it, okay. <laughs> it wasn't. It really wasn't uh, a a fantastic Marvel movie. Now this is probably on par with I don't know Iron Man two or three. It's low. I really liked Iron Man too. It is my favorite of the Iron Man movies, so. <laughs> I, like, I like the first one the most, but that maybe because I, it was the Marvel thing, and 
yeah, I mean, Iron Man, Iron Man One is a great movie. Um, that I just preferred Iron Man Two because it had uh, Nick Fury and uh, true. Black Widow in it. True, true. Yeah, see, I think that's but, the one I only saw once. Um, and I but, only saw. But most three. most people do most people do agree that uh, <laughs> Iron Man One is the best movie. I'm definitely an outlier on that on that one. So it was. It's not in the. It's certainly not in the top ten best Marvel movies. Hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Um, and I'll leave it there since you haven't seen it. Um, we will do a spoiler cast at some point this summer. Um, were there any huge? There's there's certain links, but I wouldn't say it. It's you know it certainly not doesn't really give any Infinity Gauntlet stuff. All that, you know, there, there's no no mm. big uh, shocking thing. There are mm. two uh, end credit scenes. That's a PSA. I don't consider that a spoiler. No. Um, and I'll leave it at that because I don't want to spoil them. But cool. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> I, it was I, I would say if you don't if you don't want them spoiled, like don't go looking around any websites because even pictures will spoil them for you. I'm pretty sure I know what they are based on uh, images used in uh, links. One is hilarious. And that's all I'm going to say. All right. One is hilarious. And uh, leave it at that. We'll talk more about (laughs) it on the spoiler cast. Yeah. Um, I was... uh, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not even going to say what no, I kind no, of said when I was no going <laughs> out because uh, it, it might spoil it. But yes, uh, one will be appreciated by all of us who uh, wa- wait till the end of the movies. So, um, so yeah, I, I did that. I went with my nephews and my wife. Um, my mother had to go take their uh, little sister to Minions. <laughs> So um, she, so my mom didn't get to see Spider-Man. I'll probably, if I go back to see it for a second time before a spoiler cast and to, and to see the scene I kind of dozed off on in, um, you know, I'll take my mom. So. Thanks. Uh, okay. Do, do we want to do news or do we want to go into what I'm doing next weekend? Uh, well, let's talk about what you're doing next weekend and then we'll do the news. Okay. So, uh, this show is being, what the hell is the date today? Today is July 9th. Um, July 13th, I am leaving the horrific state of Connecticut and going out to La La Land, a.k.a. California. Uh, (laughs) More specifically, Anaheim, the home of Disneyland. I will be at Disneyland uh, the 13th through the 19th. And I'm going while there. Besides going on the Guardians ride, Andy, you need to send me your uh, uh, souvenir list. <laughs> okay. Um, besides going on Guardians of the Galaxy Breakout, and I'm toying with trying to film. I I I will probably go on the ride multiple times, and if there's a way to film any part of it while I'm on the ride itself, I will. Um, but, Just don't drop your phone, chat. Yeah, that, that's the whole phone. thing. There's, yeah. there's the logistics things, and I don't own a GoPro because I don't need a GoPro because I, I'm a couch critter. I, li- I, I live yeah. the slug life. 
is is it like an indoor? It's an indoor kind of thing, isn't it? Okay, you've never been to any Disney park, have you? No, no. Okay. Uh, there is a ride there called the Tower of Terror. It's based on mm. uh, the Twilight Zone. Yep. And uh, it's basically a 1920s hotel. And uh, it's ba- it's basically a broken elevator is what it is. Because it mm. uh, takes you up. It, it kind of shoots you up. Uh, or No, you don't even really get shot up. You get It rises. And all of a sudden, you're kind of leaned forward. The door's open. And you're kind of looking out at the park below you. And then it drops. Yeah, see, I just wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's, it, it's a fun, it's a fun ride, and uh, mm. it's it, it's a very mild free fall ride because uh, mm. you cause you don't drop all that far, and then uh, you drop multiple times. Mm. So that's what the ride used to be in California because uh, Universal owns the park rights to marvel east of the mississippi river which is and which is where florida is uh east okay <laughs> uh, where orlando is um so uh marvel can or disney can only put this ride west of the mississippi on the continental united states and uh so they 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 reskinned the tower of terror as guardians of the galaxy breakout and retooled the ride and all that. Mm. Exactly how it's different, I don't know. Apparently, there are six different stories. Hmm. So, okay. Uh, how 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 you get how you get to see all of them? I don't know. I will be reporting on that. But uh, I'm hoping to ride to ride it at least six times while I'm there. Uh, okay. <laughs> according to the app. Late uh, today, over the weekend, lines were only about a half hour long. Oh, that's, that's not, not that's too bad. Not bad. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've been at uh, I've been in lines at Disney that have been over an hour, and I've walked mm. by lines to have your picture taken with Princess Elsa or Anna mm. that were four hours. And I mean, it's not. <laughs> this is someone in a costume. <laughs> yes. Four hours for your your little daughter to have her picture taken with Elsa. It costs over a hundred bucks a day to get into the park. Yeah, I'm not waiting four hours standing in line yeah. right, in line to get your picture taken with Elsa. Um, but uh, so I, I also hear that the you know there's a lot of Disney and Marvel uh, artifacts and uh, memorabilia. In because it's set in the collector's uh, vault. Okay, nice. So there's a lot of Easter eggs and things to look around for uh, in the vault. Uh, so I will be uh, scanning that while I'm standing in line. You'll just be looking for Howard. <laughs> oh, damn straight. Well, and I have been told that there is a Howard plushie in the souvenir. Oh, store. okay. Well, you're going to get that. <laughs> oh, hell yes. Yeah. Yes, I will have a. If there's a Howard plushie there, I will be getting one. Um, so, but but besides Disneyland, uh, I'm also doing D23, and D23 is a convention held every year or every other year, um, and it is all things Disney. It's Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars. 
There are going to be panels on D- Disney stuff. There are pa- uh, there's going to be a tribute to Stan Lee. By the way, we should uh, send our condolences to Marvel and to Mr. Lee. Uh, his wife passed away this week. Our thoughts are with Stan. Uh, yeah, um, I, I just watched a video earlier on tonight about about that. There was that, there was actually really nice that Marvel put out for them, mm-hmm. um, and ba- basically it was like an interview that uh, Stan Lee did earlier this year with who was it? Uh, Joe Quesada. Okay. Um, they, they'd been holding off to release um, as part of some Marvel history thing later on, but uh, they put it out like today, um, just as like a tribute to Joe because he was talking about. Uh, uh, his his wife Joan and like how they met and stuff like that in, in this video and it, it's a really nice like story it's uh, well, well worth going to going uh, and having a having a watch this video just to hear like Stan talking about like his wife like that it's really nice and um the the other thing to to mention with that is that with without her there is no Marvel like Marvel does not exist which is crazy to think about it mm-hmm. because um he was. Like uh, you probably know this story, Chip, but just in case the listeners don't, and um, basically Stan Lee was on the verge of uh, quitting comics, and he went home and told his wife that he, he was fed up drawing like uh, battle scenes all the time. He wanted to uh, to do characters, and he wasn't being able to do that, so uh, he wasn't being allowed to do that by his uh, editor. So he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to quit this and go and get some other proper job." Um, but his wife said to him, "Okay, well." Before you before you quit, why don't you do one book that you really love? And if they fire you for it, well, you were going to quit anyway. So what's the worst that can happen? And out of that, he wrote the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And changed the Marvel universe forever. <laughs> so it was only because of her that all that Fantastic Four happened and it hit. And then he was asked to write more books along those lines, and uh, and it spiraled from there. X Men and Spider Man and whatnot. So uh, really, it's down to her that. That we are here today, which is quite crazy. It changed American or the history of the world. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so yes, our, our thoughts are with Stan, and uh, we're, we're, we are very sorry for your loss. But and it was probably that interview was probably part of what the tribute they're doing at D twenty three to him because he's being put into the Disney Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, he is having uh, getting, and I don't know if this is all happening now. You know, with uh, his wife passing, uh, he is supposed to have his. Uh, there's a theater out here where all the famous s- stars get um, put their hands and feet in uh, cement with their name mm-hmm. in front of the thing. It's called Man's Chinese Theater. Okay. And this is a tradition that goes back decades. But uh, he he is being uh, – he was supposed to be doing that next Tuesday. Okay. And I'd, we might, I might be there in a press capacity on the red carpet. I don't know nice. if I told you this. Yeah, you did. You okay, did. All right. with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have not heard back yet, so I don't think it's going to happen. But um, I'm waiting to hear. Hopefully, I know before I leave. Otherwise, we're going to be stuck with just my phone camera because I'm not bringing the the handy cam. Uh, hmm. 
and I might, you know, I might get a chance to interview Stan Lee. I don't know what's involved. And like I said, I haven't heard back. So I'm going to assume I'm not going. Hmm. But uh, things can change very quickly. So if yeah, well, a chance... well, I mean, I mean, you don't. We don't know at this stage. Like if Stan will even still attend that with the with everything that's going on, because he'll like he'll be he'll be he'll be busy this time. We'll have a lot of other things going on, so it'd be understandable if, if they do cancel that and reschedule it for another time. Yeah, it could happen. So, uh, but if 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 it does. If it does happen, um, you guys, you guys will, you know, I will certainly be uh, pimping it over on our Facebook page, and if I remember our Twitter account, um, I gotta check if I even have our Twitter account on my phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't tweet. I'm not Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> He shouldn't tweet either. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't um, know why someone just doesn't take his phone off him and go, no, stop it. <laughs> change his password anyway. in the middle of the night. Yeah, uh, he won't He won't ever be able to get back into it. Like, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, th- so, anyways, uh, I... You know, I don't know what, what what's going on with that, but I am going to D23. Um, I am there for a lot, you know, uh, three three of my favorite things in life are Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars. So I'm mm. there for all of it. Um, but certainly uh, there will be a lot of Marvel stuff. I will be putting up pictures on, face, on the Facebook page whenever I can. I don't know what the... Uh, the internet is like on, on the west coast i hear it can be miserable um <laughs> but if I, I will be putting up pictures over on our facebook page i'll try like i said i'll try and remember to tweet them if need be and if or if i can but uh definitely if you haven't liked our facebook page or follow us on twitter this is the time to do it and uh you know like i said because i will put up i will try and put up some uh cool pictures from things i get and i honestly have no idea what we're getting into my wife is already uh researching uh the panel situation hmm. and uh apparently you are allowed to line up for the uh the your panel at 10 p.m. the night before don't do that. <laughs> that ain't happening, guys. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm 50 years old. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sleeping on a cement floor overnight. I'm not bringing the supplies to do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't think I would do that either at this point. Um, I mean, the, the panels are are good, but uh, at the end of the day, if, if if you don't get in, you can usually watch them later on whether it be like a week later or a month or two months later or whatever. They, somebody will put them up eventually. 90% of that crap, it will be on YouTube anyways, yes. Yeah. So. So cool to be there in person, though. And like, it is. It is. Always, I mean, obviously I've, I've stayed in, I've sat in line and more times than not uh, been able to get in 
but you know, but that's because they do things right over here on the East Coast, and you get a wristband, and then you don't have to sit in line from ten o'clock mm. the night before. You just get a wristband and get to enjoy the show in between the convention in between. Um, once, yeah, once again, why would you pay? And I've done this rant on multiple shows. Why would you ever? pay a hundred two hundred dollars a day to go to one of these conventions to sit and sit on a cement floor for six hours to catch a one-hour presentation on the marvel movies and a two-minute clip of infinity war Mm. i want to see infinity war as much as everybody else but i don't i'm not gonna stand sit and stand in line for six hours to do it no, no, um, yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you on that one. I, I mean, much as it would be cool to, to be there and experience it firsthand, the, uh, yeah, no, yeah. not sitting on a floor for six hours. No, that's crazy. But, but yeah, I mean, like you said, the thing with the wristbands, like that's 100 percent the right way to do it. And it, I mean, it saves you having like just people sitting around doing nothing, like because I mean, if if you think about it, right, those people sitting there, like just waiting, they're not spending any money at your no. convention. Nope. Like the, all they're doing, all they've—I mean, fair enough—they've paid their entry fee, whatever. But then they're—they could be spending hundreds, thousands more dollars, um, probably hundreds of thousands if you add the thousands mm-hmm. of people that sit in all the lines together. Um, they could be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars buying stuff from the vendors and yep. uh, like other things that are around in the uh, in the uh, in the uh, what is it? Is that an arena it's in? Uh, convention center. A convention center, yes. Yeah. So they could be spending all this money rather than sitting in this line, and all it would cost you to do is like maybe a couple of thousand dollars to buy some wristbands and your sword. So yeah, they should be implementing that as well. But at the same time, then you then uh, you don't have that those thousands of people uh, clogging the convention center, and you can fit more people in. Yeah, that's true. Because I don't know. I, I agree with you, though. It's like yeah. But so uh, my wife is already uh, checking out the panels right now. The only one that we are going to miss is the Marvel Animation one, which we have seen in the past, and it's been meh at best. Hmm. So uh, that that's the only panel that we already have a previous engagement. Um, and I don't know when you're planning. Yeah, this show should be up before uh, I leave. Yeah. I leave. Uh, if you're interested in meeting up with me and you are in the Anaheim slash Disney area, uh, like I said, I'm going to be there Thursday through Thursday the 13th through Tuesday. I think the Tuesday's the 18th. I fly out the 19th. I think that's the way it works. Uh, I'm there Thursday through Tuesday. Uh, you can send us a message uh, either via Twitter or uh, Facebook. And if you want to meet up for a drink or something, let me know and we'll see what we can do. I do not have a car, so it needs to be within walking distance of the Disneyland Hotel. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, we will uh, we, we will be there. Uh, Andy, uh, I, the way I'm packing for this trip... Just I, mm-hmm. I'm uh, packing a you know a bunch of you know a bunch of shorts and underwear and a couple of pairs of shoes, two shirts. <laughs> because I know myself, 
and I'm going to be in Disneyland, and I'm going to be at a convention. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be buying T-shirts anyways. Yep. <laughs> so it's like I'm not even going to bother bringing more than a shirt, you know, maybe a polo shirt for a nice dinner out or something. But other than that, um, it's like I'm just going to be buying T-shirts anyways. Why bring a bunch of T-shirts if uh, just to bring home dirty laundry and a bunch of clean T-shirts? Yep, 100%. <laughs> so, Plus, you can buy a couple t-shirts and then wear them the next day. Exactly. So, uh, But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's going to be... Uh, it, it'll be the first time for me to do of doing this convention. Uh, we're excited. Uh, it looks like there's a lot of great stuff that's going to be there. And I hope to... Ne- next week's show will be a D23 special. If everything goes according to plan. Nice. So, all right, uh, we got news. Yeah, a cu- couple of bits of news to mention. Um, first of all, Ant Man and the Wasp has had another character confirmed. I don't know if I don't know if you saw this news, but uh, the Shield agent known as Jimmy Wu yeah. has been confirmed to be in the movie, um, and he's going to be played by uh, Randall Park. Okay. Who was in Fresh Off the Boat, which I haven't seen. I've seen it a few times. But he, he's a he's a like common like mm. shield agent, one of the kind of named ones from the the comic books. The 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 one that I want to really want to see is uh, Quartermain. Like he's the one that I'm like, where is he? Why is he not been here? I, I I'm kind of with you. I was like, who the hell is Jimmy Woo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, apparently he's, he was a member of the Agents of Atlas. Yeah. Which I'm not familiar with the Agents of Atlas, to be honest. But he, ha- he has been in the comics since, like, the, the 50s? The 50s? No, it can't be the fef- 1950s. It must have been the, like, 50s as in, the num- like, 50 to 60. The numbering of the yeah, Avengers comic books. I, s- I saw that, yeah. too. And I was like, there's something wrong there. Yeah, so I think they mean like issue fifty. It's a weird way to say that though. But yeah, so he's gonna be in the movie. Um comes out in two thousand and eighteen. I can't wait. <laughs> I think this is the movie that I really want. Like as opposed to like the movie that Ant Man was, which was alright, but I I think this movie will be much better. Cause it's it's not gonna have that troubled development. Mm-hmm. Like this movie's got a clean shot at it and it's got it's got an established franchise now. So I, I think they could do something really special with this one. Yeah, um, we'll see. I, I'm i interested to see how what they will do. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. Um, yeah, I think we only had like one other news story, really. Uh, oh, um, I, I can't remember if we... Did we speak about, like, the... Uh, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming's was not uh, Peter or Civil War was not Peter Parker's first appearance in the MCU. No, we didn't, and I think this is the dumbest thing ever. But go ahead. Well, well, th- this was actually something that was always like a fan theory that was always rumored. So back in Iron Man Two, uh, there's a scene during the sort of Spark- Stark Expo fight scene where uh, Iron Man fights off against all the Justin Hammer drones. Um, mm-hmm. There's a scene where one of the drones is like uh, looking at the the crowd and uh, is 
like sort of surveying the crowd and I think he's basically looking for Iron Man to hunt him down. Um and then there's a kid there like who's just wearing like a Iron Man like toy mask. Mm-hmm. Um and he just like raises his hand up at the drone like in a sort of Iron Man I'm gonna shoot you type pose and then the drone like goes to, to shoot him and then Iron Man swoops in and uh and destroys the drone and then flies away. And I he says something to the kid as well like like oh good job kid or something uh, and then flies away. So that is Peter Parker as a, a young boy. Which would be like maybe ten years ago, something like that. Now, they right. need to be maybe like six or seven or something like that at the time. So I think that's really cool, and it's it's been a like a long-standing like fan theory. But obviously, they've never ever been able to come out because Spider-Man wasn't in the MCU, right. like quote unquote, at that time. So they've never ever been able to come out and say that yes, we we intended that to be like Peter Parker um, as a young boy and like seeing Tony Stark, and that's why like Tony Stark is like his hero sort of thing. And I think that's that's why he's, like, so enamored with him, like, when he meets him in Civil War. I think it's really cool. Like, uh, I don't know if they reference it in Spider-Man Homecoming or anything. Uh, I, I assume they don't, but um, we can confirm that in the spoiler cast. But, it, so you're, you're not a fan of this? Uh, no, I'm not. I, I just thought, uh, you know, because, you know... I can also confirm. I, I am now able to confirm that uh, both uh, Chip and Andy were uh, first uh, first appeared in the Avengers: uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes movie uh, with Phil uh, at, in the background when Phil Coulson died. <laughs> yep, we were one pixel each. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's a little too retcon for me. It's a little too, yeah. uh, you know, had there been a reference or if uh, Peter Parker had mentioned something to Tony mm. and, and firmed it up actually in the movie, and spoiler everybody, he doesn't, um, mm. then maybe there'd be a little more legitimacy to it or, okay, that's a cool little nod to the other movies, uh, but they don't. And I don't know. It just seemed uh, just a way to grab some headlines on some nerd sites. But, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a retcon, but, well, they may have always intended it for for that to be... Peter Parker, because I mean, people de- have been saying it for years. Like it's it's like a really popular fan theory that they're able to just say, "Yeah, that's fine." Like we can we can accept that as like got as the the actual canon now because Spider Man's in the in the MCU. So I mean, it fits. Like you don't see his face. Like age wise, it matches up. So yeah, I'm fine with it. I, fall, I for me, it, it falls under clickbait and not news. I just find it dumb and uh, and I'm sorry I'm not insulting you or anybody else but it's just like this is just they're just saying random kid number three was is technically Peter Parker it's like they could you know they could (laughs) have said that you know uh, some little girl in Thor uh, is the new she Thor at the end of uh, the second Infinity War movie you know, well, I mean, they might. It, all bets are off now. They could yeah. they could say anyone is anyone. <laughs> anyone that's unnamed at this point could be any any Marvel character. Yep. Um. So I just, 
you know, maybe if uh, they had said, hey, Pete, what are you doing? Or Peter, watch out. Right, yeah. Then, okay, then it adds a little more legitimacy to it. But to me, it's just sort of like a headline-grabbing thing. Well, I mean, Tony Stark wouldn't have known who this kid was. He was in a mask, so. Yeah, so I, so, yeah, yeah. I I I put it under um, not news, <laughs> but but anyway, like I I thought it was a cool. I like it when people can form like fan theories and stuff like that. So I, I thought it was a cool little nod. Um. Anyway, anyway, the other the and the kind of I think the the biggest piece of news that we have for this week is uh, Samuel Jackson has been confirmed now to be in the Captain Marvel movie star starring as Nick Fury. Um. It, it has been suggested in certain places that he's going to effectively co-star in the movie. Yeah, but I don't think that's really going to be the case. I think like he's just like they've people have been misconstruing that because he's such a big name. But I don't think he's it's going to be like Captain Marvel and Nick Fury the movie. Like it's going to be a, very much a Captain Marvel movie that Nick Fury is a part of and like getting her involved with the MCU and what's going on. Sort of like the Winter Soldier is a. Captain America movie, Captain America Black Widow movie. Because yeah, kind of like that. I've, I've always said that. Or you could even say the uh, Civil War is more or less an Avengers movie. Um, I don't think it'll be quite on, on that level. and Maybe not even the same level as like as Winter Soldier is, because that's like kind of a... Uh, it's like a buddy superhero story almost. That one. I think he could be a huge part of that movie. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he certainly he needs to come back and like he needs to come back in a big way because he left at the end of uh, Winter Soldier and we haven't seen one single snippet of him since then. Oh, he just we, like we saw him. Yes, he came back in Ultron with a whole fucking helicopter. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> sorry. He, he. Okay. Well, after <laughs> that's yeah. Okay. So hey, <laughs> forget that, about that. It. He 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 showed up in Avengers: Age of Ultron with a helicarrier and then disappeared off the face of the planet, and yeah. we haven't we haven't seen or heard from him since then. And I mean that's a few years ago now. Like we've had two, the whole two we, years. we've had several we've had several wars since then, and he didn't bother to show up then. He didn't bother to show up during any of the things that were happening in Shield, which have been like almost as big as what's been happening in the MCU. Yeah, well, it's sort of connected. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, I I agree with you. No, but I I think it's going to be uh, a. I think he's going to play a big big part because knowing more, figuring out what her uh, origin is going to be, um, shield or sword or somebody's going to be involved Hmm. because we don't have a Captain Marvel. Um, in the MCU, not, right not now. not yet, and I don't think it's gonna happen between uh, uh, now and her movie. Well, um, I, I mean, Avengers, Avengers: Infinity War is out before that, so hmm. he could he could crop up there, like just saying, because I mean, we know they're going cosmic there; they're fighting Thanos. Guardians are in it, like so Marvel she- could could show up hundred percent. She'll either show that could be her origin. She's going. She's probably somebody that 
a civilian that gets exposed to something. Well, I mean, she wasn't a civilian in like in the comic books. She was like a what, an Air Force, like captain yes. or at least a pilot, anyway. Right. So she's not quite a civilian. Like she's well, she's like <laughs> when I say civilian, I mean she's she's not in spandex. Yeah, yeah. Well, not yet. <laughs> not yet. So, um. And a big shout out to Tony Admets, who is uh, right now uh, hitting me with uh, pic- uh, pictures of Legoland, which is out in California, but it's about two and a half hours from uh, Disney. Ah. And just hitting me with uh, any anybody can go and look at my Facebook page. It's public. Um, but he's just putting up pictures of some incredible star wars lego bottles you you'll be nice. drooling <laughs> the death star <laughs> i mean it, uh, that'd be a place that yes i would like to go to sometime it's not going to be this trip because three days of our trip is pretty much all going to be d23 mm. I, I don't know if you've ever been to legoland before before chip but uh i've been to the the original one in denmark um because uh, that's where where Lego originated, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's just absolutely unbelievable. Quite quite a number of years ago that I went now, but oh man, like it's crazy, like the stuff that people can build, absolutely insane. There's, uh, I think they, I think it finally closed, uh, but there was a Toys R Us in Times Square in New York, uh, mm. which was I don't know, it was like three or four floors. I mean, it was just a mm. huge Toys R Us. And they had some incredible Lego models there. And uh, I can't remember. I know there was uh, something very Star Wars in there and a couple of others that were pretty cool. There was like a huge Empire State building that was like, you know, 50,000 Legos or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you think of the amount of time that someone spent making that thing. Like, and that was, that's their job to like sit and build Lego. Like, what like, a cool job. Lego has a corporate office in Connecticut. Mm. One of the last companies still left in the state of Connecticut as the governor drives <laughs> everybody out. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, every, you know, a blizzard will hit New England, and the only state it won't come to is Connecticut because nothing wants to come to Connecticut. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, they have a corporate office, and I know my brother-in-law looked into becoming a Lego master builder, and it was, like, insane, hmm. the training and what you had to do, and, like, you would be an unpaid intern for three years and things <laughs> like, you know, go to Lego college, basically. Yeah. Uh, but, um, and, and I will do it, uh, I know down in Disney, you know, uh, you know Disney World, uh in uh, downtown Disney, they had some huge, uh, spectacular Lego sculptures, and I think they have a couple in the shopping restaurant district at Disneyland. I will just for you, Andy. I'll be sure to uh, snap some shots because the, the they had some incredible shit uh, there too. Nice. So, but yeah, I would love to go to Legoland. It is not going to be this uh, California trip. But knowing that Star Wars Land opens in uh, a couple of years, I'm going to be back, bitches. 
<laughs> nice. But but yeah, so uh, so yeah, Nick Fury is going to be in the Captain Marvel movie. Um, I don't know that we've we haven't heard if he's going to be in Infinity War yet, have we? Nothing Captain they said. Marvel or Nick Fury? No, 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 no. Nick Fury. Uh, I don't think that's been mentioned yet. But but I mean, he must be. He's got to be there. I would assume so. I mean, it was him that ke- like, it was him that was putting together the whole like Avengers Initiative thing in the first place. Like this, this is it coming mm-hmm. full circle now, where they've like got this big cosmic threat they need to go and deal with, or all that comes to them. We don't know yet. Um, so he needs to, he needs to be there. Like he's got to be in it. I would assume he is. I would be shocked if he isn't. Hmm. And, and I, I would imagine that at the end of it, whatever pans out in the movie happens um and at the end of it he'll be left he'll be left standing and in one of the post credit scenes it'll be a tie to captain marvel of some kind could be i do hope they introduce sword and and, and melinda may's mum that's what i want to see <laughs> oh hopefully that's uh january that's on shield oh and in shield no no i mean i i, I just i hope that she's in the movie Oh. That, that's my, that's that's my biggest hope. Um. So let, let me get the let me get the order straight here. It's Thor, Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant Man and the Wasp, uh, and then Captain Marvel. Right? Is that the order? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think I think that is it. Yeah. Sounds about right. So. Yeah, because I, I, and I think it's a long, you know, I think there's like a long break between uh, Ant Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel, because I think Captain Marvel is 2019. Yeah, it's March 2019. Okay. All right. That that it for news, Andy? Yeah, I think that's us. All right. Let's move on to Iron Fist episode three. Yes. So this episode is season one, episode three of Marvel's Iron Fist, which was called Rolling Thunder Cannon Punch, which sounds very anime, doesn't it? You, you just expect like some big anime guy with like yellow flaming hair to come out and shout, <laughs> Rolling Thunder Cannon Punch! Like, you're like, okay, <laughs> that's a, a weird title, but, but I, I assume it's one of the moves that Danny uses. I, I don't know, I didn't quite pick up on that in the episode but yeah so this episode kicks off with uh, a couple of guys breaking into Colleen's dojo which uh, she manages to beat them up quite easily uh, while still in her pajamas as you do Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, these guys are there looking for Danny um, and she basically says he's not there however he actually is there he's just hiding up in the rafters and you see an interesting scene where like, his blood drips down onto one of the guy's uh, shoulders. And the guy doesn't notice. Because he's clearly not a martial artist. Because you would notice this if you were like aware of your surroundings in any way. You would feel it dripping on your shoulder. Like, what is that? Why is there blood on me? Oh, there's a guy up there. This is the guy I'm looking for. These henchmen are terrible. I'm sorry, I'm reading Twitters. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so she tells... Uh, she obviously realizes that she's mixed up in bad shit and like she doesn't she doesn't want any trouble so she tells Danny to leave by the morning 
evidently Ward visiting his dad, who is sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber, so, which so looks very, on, very like on, a glass coffin. Yeah, before we get into uh, uh, the uh, what's it, Meacham's uh, Walt Disney impression, uh, so <laughs> is this is, is this sort of like a walk of shame for Danny? Just be out by morning. Yeah, that's what Cap, I thought. Yeah, Cap, it's kind of like fear, get out. <laughs> Cap fears on the on the the bed table. Yeah, I'm done with you. Uh, Sleep on the on floor. The yeah, out by the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Are we supposed to see him doing the walk of shame in the morning? Yeah, I mean, he, he does look pretty disheveled and and whatnot, and he's yeah, uh, he, <laughs> he doesn't right. look like he's yeah, he doesn't look like he's been uh he's been out like partying the night before though. He just looks like a bum at this point. Um, but yeah, so we we then see Ward uh, visiting his dad, who is sleeping in this hyperbaric chamber. Like I said, doing a weird like Walt Disney impression. Um, and it takes him a minute to like wake him up. Like I mean, he does look kind of dead when he's uh when he's in this coffin thing. He's like Sleeping yeah. Beauty in the glass coffin. More like Sleeping Ugly, but yeah, all right. Sleeping Ugly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this dude is creepy. Very weird. Um, he also like mixes some weird concoction to drink. Like, I don't know what it was he was mixing, but he's like putting like droplets of different bottles of stuff into like a drink and then drinks it. So I don't know what that is. Like some sort of po- rejuvenating potion or some such voodoo. Um, but basically, they talk about how uh, Joy is to be put onto the Patel warehouse by for some reason the they they're willing to overpay for this property. Um. And Har- Harold is really not like wanting to share with Walt why. He's just like, yep, we need to buy it, and don't worry about it, just buy it. Like it doesn't. It's almost like he's going. Doesn't really matter how much it costs. Just make sure it gets bought. Like, right? Okay. Something else at play here that we're we're not aware of. Um, Harold also punches Ward for uh, disobeying him when he tried to have Danny killed uh, at the hospital when he sent the, those like goons after him. Um. And we then see Danny and Colleen having a bit of a practice fight the next morning because he didn't leave. Like, mm. he just stayed. He was like, no, I'm not leaving. I'm staying here. He and says that she might be... cranking shitty music. Yeah, some real, like, I don't know what that was, but some real, like, terrible kind of rap music from... Uh, I would say Asian probably from, rap from the or 90s. something like that? Not sure. I, I don't know who the artist was, but I did not enjoy it. <laughs> But Danny does show off some of his moves to her and like shows her how he focuses his chi to use like during a fight. Uh, he doesn't done on the Iron Fist or anything like that, but uh, basically he's showing her how he like redirects her energy and uh, doesn't need to use as much of his own because she's like really going after him and he's just kind of moving out the way and redirecting her energy. And he does like some weird punches. Like I, I don't, I don't know what they, what they were called, but he did, he did call them, call some of them out. But he sort of puts his knuckles into like a weird shape and like punches her like in the armpit, mm-hmm. which seems to have a good effect. And she's like, "No, I'm not fighting you anymore. I'm fed up with this. Get out." <laughs> uh, but yeah, he says like, "Oh, we were having fun," and she's like, "No, no, get out, get out, leave." Uh, however, he does offer to pay a year's rent for her if she lets him stay there for a week. Which he's going to be a terrible businessman if these if this is the way he's doing things. <laughs> like I'll pay you a year's rent to stay here for a week. I'm like okay, cool, that's fine by me. Uh, we then find out that Ward is working on a plan for Danny. So 
I took this to mean it's probably like a buyout he's looking at, which his his lawyers have probably drawn up papers for. And uh, he passes the the Patel case over to Joy. Uh, we then see Danny sitting on Joy's doorstep when she returns with uh, flowers and oranges surrounding him, and uh, like what looks like a weirdly weirdly romantic gesture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they they kind of talk about like how our our dad died when she was thirteen, mm-hmm. which I was like, holy fuck! Like, because I mean, we know we as the audience know that Harold is not dead, so and she's like probably what twenty five at least at this point. Yeah, I would say about that. Yeah, I would guess somewhere between twenty five and thirty anyway. Um, but yeah, so she was thirteen, so she's been dead for like ten to fifteen years, like in her eyes. Mm-hmm. Um. That is like some cold shit to do to one of your kids, like that. Like pretend to be dead for that long. Like you would think that you would come back. Like yeah, okay, I, I can come back now. Like that's some, there's some weird stuff going on with Harold. Harold's a weird uh, so dude. He's a very weird, very creepy dude. Um, but yeah, so we don't know quite why he's he's pretending to be dead and fake his own death and whatnot, but it's something important because it's been quite a long time he's been doing it for. Uh, so uh, Joy has the, the offer for Danny, which uh, she offers him $100 million for his shares, but he does have to change his name so he can't be known as, uh, as Danny Rand anymore. Um, and he gets pretty annoyed about this and storms out because he, he, he basically doesn't want like he's not in this for money. Like he wants his life, like, the life that he's supposed to have. He wants to have that life, and they're just trying to like shut him up and send him away so that he doesn't interfere with them. Essentially. Uh, now back over at the dojo, Colleen asks Daryl, who's one of our students, about a cut on his face, and it turns out he's been fighting in some illegal fight club for money. Um, and we also find out that he's up for some kind of scholarship. Um, and she has to give her a, a recommendation for him, and she wouldn't won't be able to do that if he keeps like fighting for money because he's dishonoring himself and dishonoring the Bushido code. Uh, we also see Danny visiting his family's grave, which is covered in fresh flowers, which I thought was strange because mm-hmm. like the whole family's dead, so who's putting the flowers on it? Like, I I thought it might have been like the the Meachams, but they don't seem like the like the caring. Types, especially not after this amount of time. So he uh, he tries to like find out who it is that uh, that's been looking after the the graves essentially, and he finds out that it's been uh, none other than uh, Hogarth, the the lawyer from Jessica Jones. Yep. Which is a cool little tie because obviously she was a quite a big part in Jessica Jones, and she was. But she had, to be, she had to be part of Iron Fist because uh, in the comics, Hogarth is Danny Rand's uh, a, fr- a, f- a family friend of the Rands. Yep. And and his, like his closest advisor, mentor, he might have even uh, taken care of him after his return from Kunlun. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they, they kind of mention a bit of their backstory in amongst this, and it's how like Danny proves that he is the real Danny Rand, and he talks about when she was like an, an intern at, uh, at a firm and mm-hmm. how she didn't have an office and all this, um, and she's like, okay, well, you're, you are the real Danny Rand and not a, not some crazy homeless bum, because she was about to mace him. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <coughs> 
but yeah, so she's basically been taking care of the Rand estate ever since the family died, and uh, she she tells him that the, the smartest thing he's he's ever done was to not take that offer of the hundred million dollars because he's he's worth billions, and uh, she uh, offers to help him legally for free as well, uh, and but says that well if if they if they win the case, her firm is to be on permanent retainer for Rand, which I would imagine would be like a really big get, like getting a huge company like that to be. Uh, like to be your client yeah of course I mean <laughs> Rand Enterprises is worth billions yep which I mean to a law firm is probably going to be worth millions to them so so that would be a good get for her and that's why she's willing to do it for free plus I think she definitely has like some affinity for, for the family and she has uh, no love for the Meachams as well <laughs> Yep. she's uh, not not a fan of them uh, so she tells Danny to lay low and gives him some money to buy, to buy some new clothes uh, and Danny's like why does everybody keep bothering me about my appearance and she says oh it's New York it matters I'm like okay <laughs> yeah the what was it the homeless hippie thing hipster thing is not working look isn't working for you yeah he doesn't look great to be honest he definitely needs a, a haircut and a bit of a, a beard trim but but, I mean, if he wants to dress, he can dress however he wants. It's up to him. He's a, and especially like if he's going to be a billionaire, he can do whatever, whatever the hell he wants. Um, so we then see Ward and Joy getting ready for what looks like they're going out to a party or something. Um, and Joy mentions that Ward has his look, the uh, sweaty, scowly, stick up your ass thing. <laughs> so that was a great description of him because he is like that is a great description mm. of him to a T. And we, we then see Ward and Joy schmoozing with uh, this guy Patel in a limo. So this is the guy who's uh, who owns the, the warehouse that they want to buy. Uh, so they kind of, they, they take him out for a night that he's never going to forget. And they're like, okay, well, here come the, the crazy strip clubs and the, all the booze and mm-hmm. what, whatnot. That's what I was expecting to see. That's not quite what we got, though. Um, meanwhile, Harold trains with a, like a, a fighter, basically, who who he punches, I would say, quite hard in the face uh, I would say that you're probably not supposed to do that to your trainer, like you're supposed to like hold back to a certain extent but anyway, he's, he's not um, and Harold wants, Harold's asking him like, oh when can we start training with weapons and all that sort of stuff so, he, he's like gearing up for something uh, but this, uh, this, this fighter uh, vanishes when the lights go out and we hear a very familiar voice Chip, uh, did did you do you recognize this voice straight away? Oh yes. Yeah, so we we hear the voice of none other than Madame Gao, who we remember from Daredevil, being the the old the sort of crane mother lady, who somehow even though she's an old lady can fight like a badass, um, and she was very involved with all, all the the drug deals and whatnot going on in uh, season one of Daredevil. Um, but yeah, so she. We don't really see her though. We just hear her and see a kind of silhouette. Um, she tells him to kneel and in the glass that he dropped when uh, when the lights went out, and he just does it. Like so, he's obviously under her like mm-hmm. control essentially. He's absolutely beholden to to her and the organization that she represents. Uh, so we then see Danny return to the dojo where the the students are kind of like goofing off during a training session, and he tells them off. 
because the dojo is a serious place. There's no place for comedy here. <laughs> and he demonstrates some like kind of slow sword play to them, and the students laugh at him. So he trips one of them up. And Colleen comes in at this point, and she kind of gets kind of mad at him because like she she's made her dojo to be like a safe place, like free from bullies and whatnot. And uh, she's kind of allowing the kids to like express themselves in whatever way that is whether it be like goofing off or whatnot which i mean they're still like doing the training and stuff like that they're not they're not amazing they're not going to be like they're not going to be warriors and she's not really training them to be warriors by the the looks of this um but he's like no no this is a dojo you should be training these guys to be the warriors um but yeah that's that's not really what she seems to be about so yeah uh, colin then sends him packing She's like, nope, that's enough. That's the last straw. Get out. Because he's kind of, he's kind of like showed up the the guy, and like it's kind of like a billion move almost. Um, we then get back to the this uh, legendary night out that you'll never forget, where uh, Ward and Joy take this guy Patel to Metro General Hospital. I'm like, okay, I'm like this is not where I thought this night was going. <laughs> No, no, no good night. Uh, like, I've never been on a, like, a night that I would describe as good when uh, there's been a hospital involved, ever. <laughs> I picked up a candy striper in the emergency room once. <laughs> no jo- nice. No, no joke. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think I have any positive hospital stories whatsoever, other than the, uh, the birth of my child. It's probably the only one. By the way, and shout could... out to uh, my co-host Eli, uh, aka So Doom, on the B team. Uh, he became a grandfather this week. Yeah, yeah, I did hear that on uh, on the B team this week. Uh, congr- congratulations to So Doom. I, I, I know he said that he uh, he wanted to be there at the buff, but yeah, <laughs> it's not pleasant. <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, so that this trip to the hospital, it does turn out that it's a real. It's a this is a weird one. Like for, for this whole thing is very strange to me because it's like it's just another thing of like the rich can get whatever they want. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. So basically, they they take this guy Patel into the hospital to meet this guy called Kevin Kennedy, who's a young man who's who was in a car accident like a year ago and he's been on life support for that entire time um, and essentially the, the family's coming in to switch off the life support in about half an hour's time so he's going to die however he has he is registered to be an organ donor uh, as everybody really should um, and but not like this because his liver is never going to go into the system because the Meachams are essentially buying it through their connections um, his liver is basically going to go directly to this guy Patel's nephew because he he needs a new liver for whatever disease he has, um, and uh, that's of course provided that this guy Patel sells the peer to them, so they're basically bribing him using the life of his nephew to convince him to sell them a piece of property. Like this is like. All kinds of like low and horrible. Like I don't, I, I do not like this. Like this makes me really dis. I mean, these people are like shady business people. Maybe that's like that's what people do. But uh, but this is like kind of skirting the lines of really bad, like very morally bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's dark. Yeah, definitely. 
But I mean, because I, I mean, like what usually happens is like the the guy will die, fair enough, and then his his organs will go into the the system, and whoever is is at the top of the list will will get it. And essentially, what they're doing is they're bypassing that, and the person that's at the top of the list, I mean, they they could die because of this, which is which is a real shame. So, and they don't they don't consider that because they're rich people, and they they are they don't give a fuck about it. It's beneath them. So if they can use this guy to get what they want, then they will, which is just really quite dark. Um, so we then see Danny going to to a very swanky hotel. It was very nice, and he's, like, eating crisps from the minibar and whatnot, and there's, like, bowls of sweets and stuff lying about, and I'm like, oh, that looks like a comfy bed. Mm-hmm. But he chooses not to sleep in the bed. He doesn't like it. <laughs> he gets like a sheet and just like lies on the floor next to a window. I'm like, oh, okay. Which was a bit strange because I mean, you would think after like sleeping on the floor of the dojo and whatnot, and sleeping outside, um, and in, in the cold and whatnot, you would you would you would be wanting to like cozy up in a nice comfy bed, but nope. Or maybe it's just a really crap bed. Who knows? So he has a he has a dream of his time in Kunlun, where we see some of the monks beating him with sticks. <laughs> yeah, this is Which, weird. Again, very weird, very dark because he's like a young child, maybe like what ten, twelve, something like that, um, and he's had his head shaved and he's wearing like the the monk's garb and that, and and they're just beating on him with sticks. You're like what? And, and he's not screaming or anything like that. He's just kind of like wincing as they hit him but not like he's he's taking it essentially but um but yeah very weird like just letting these monks hit him like it's kind of it's obviously like part of his training and whatnot but you can imagine that somebody would want to do that even if these monks saved him i would be like well thanks for saving me guys can you please return me to, to normal civilization now and uh, do do i want to be beaten with sticks and have my head shaved? no thanks it's okay i'll, I'll go somewhere else so it's strange to me that he would accept this uh, this life. Or maybe he didn't have a choice. Maybe he was forced into this weird servitude of the monks. Very strange. He's the human piñata. Yeah. Well, that's part of the training. Yeah. <laughs> but why would you want to be part of that? Like, Any, any like thing that wants me to be beaten with sticks, I don't want any part of that. Like, no thanks. I will do something else. Um. So yeah, we then see uh, Bev a scene with the ward telling Joy that he's thinking of uh, of quitting the business and like, what would he do if uh, if he did quit? Would he like he might go and start up an, uh, like another business from scratch essentially, which is kind of an interesting idea. Like he's obviously like realizing that there's other shit going on here like with his dad and like things with Danny coming back and that that maybe things will go to shit and he wants to have some sort of out essentially uh, and we then see Danny meeting with Hogarth uh, and Hogarth reveals that basically there's no proof of Danny Rand anywhere um, she can't find any of his birth certificates or any like doctor's records or anything like that at all everything is missing somehow and now like it was a good wee while ago and it was probably before like all records of these things were computerized so it could could just be that the files are buried somewhere but 
it seems unlikely that she would be not unable to find anything on him. So it's more likely that everything has been erased. Uh, everything about his existence has been erased, probably since he came back, and most likely mm. by the Meachams. So uh, Danny thinks he might have an idea of where to find some records on him. Um, so he because. So he goes to uh, a hospital to look for some old records. And we see like a dude there who he kind of assumes is a filing clerk type guy. Um, and this dude is looking through some files as well. But when he hears uh, Danny mention that he's looking for like this specific record of this time when he fell and broke his arm during a skateboarding accident. At, uh, I can't remember the year, but uh, during this specific time, the guy's like, oh, it's just over there. Uh, and at this point, he puts a knuckle duster on. And then smashes Danny over the head uh, before pouring a bunch of chemicals all over the records, essentially in order to start a fire. Um, so Danny isn't knocked out, though, and he summons the Iron Fist and uh, smashes the dude's knuckle duster, which was pretty badass. Uh, and then and then we see a bit of a fight between these two, which isn't the best fight because Danny's kind of out of it, having just been almost knocked out by this guy punching him with a knuckle duster. Um, and it, the guy seems to have some better moves than most of the goons that we've seen so far, though. He's at least a competent fighter. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But but still, I think, another hired goon type. Um, now, during the during the scuffle, this dude does manage to throw his lighter into the chemicals, which uh, does cause an explosion. However... Danny does manage to save uh, an unconscious record clerk just before the the explosion happened, um, as he spotted in the corner. And he had the option of either like chasing after the guy and catching him, or saving this woman. And he chose to to save the woman. So it's kind of like him realizing that he can do more with his abilities and uh, help to save people and whatnot. Yeah, you know, I've watched this episode, and a lot of times I've. Honestly, I dozed off a couple of times. So I, I think I've watched this episode four or five times now. Um, <laughs> because we're going to do a show, then something happens, and we're not going to do a show. So, um, But I always try to watch it at least uh, before the, uh, again before we uh, actually do a show. Um, hmm. I don't think I noticed the first couple times that he saved the woman. <laughs> And I spotted that tonight, and I was like, oh, okay. Yes, I, I mean, that's I, the first... I just think, I think it's mm. his nature. I think, you know, yep. uh, Danny is a good guy. He was a good kid. Mm. Um, whether, you know, uh, he, he, I think he is selfless. Um, we don't know much at this point about uh, Kun Lun or what happened to him there, other than he was uh, in in the Himalayas, in the snow, found by a bunch of monks, and then beaten with them, beaten by <laughs> stick uh, with sticks by them. Um, so we don't know much about him, but everything we've seen so far is he's he he seems to be a nice nice guy. Kind of on the stupid and slow side, and naive. Definitely naive, yeah. Um, and but uh, overall, you know, in a lot of I, I've been criticized uh, by our boss Derek Hopkins, uh, and and when the series first came out, when we were talking about it on B Team, 
that uh, he's a fish out of water. Um, mm. He goes, how yep. can he be a fish out of water? He figured out how to drive, you know, you know, by quickly in the series, he's learned how to drive a car. And what happens going on shows that uh, there's more to him than not. But I kind of still go back to he's been in the Himalayas since he was a preteen where he really, you know, he wasn't exposed while he was exposed to the good life in New York. He wasn't exposed to life and how, you know, how the world works. The world is a lot different when you're 12 years old than when you're uh, trying to make a living and be a man uh, in your 20s. Yeah, just with regards to like him being able to drive the car, I mean, there's every there's every possibility that because he was uh, like a millionaire essentially when he was a kid, his parents could have easily like got him to be taught to be driven. Uh, to, to, no. Sorry, got him to learn to drive when he was no. young, or no. or he, probably more plausible, he most likely had a go kart, like a, a go kart track type thing. He would have driven go karts and stuff like that. Go kart. And driving a Lexus are vastly different. Well, I mean, not really. If the, I mean, if it's an automatic car, it doesn't really make much difference. As long as you're not shifting gears, then it's it's relatively easy to drive a car. The gears will, is the kind of hard you, part. I will give you that driving a standard is different than driving an automatic. Um, but still, uh, let, let's just move on. But the thing is, <laughs> he is... He is st- very very naive. He still is, uh, you know, he, he doesn't understand why people are making such a big deal out of him looking like a hobo. Um, you know, wh- what does it matter? Why does that matter? What's, what's the big mm. deal about that? Um, and I think, like I said, he's a good person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's got a good heart if... if uh... Certainly, his inte- intentions are good, even if he goes about things in a weird way, like like holding Ward at gunpoint and uh, like crashing his car and all that. I mean, that's kind of verging on the like not so good, but he definitely has good intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he then <laughs> Danny then uh, yeah, uh, Danny then confronts Ward and Joy at a restaurant, which is like a real like fancy upper class restaurant where they're just having like a business discussion essentially and he busts in and uh shoves himself into their booth basically and uh he basically starts accusing ward of sending this guy to uh to expunge his records uh because ward was the only other person who knew about him having this accident because he was with him when it happened and they and he was at the hospital with him so he knows that it's Ward that's have had something to do with uh, with this guy getting rid of the records. Um, now they they basically say to him that they don't want him as a friend, like they don't want really anything to do with him. So he he then threatens them and uh, smashes a glass and whatnot and tells them that uh, he's coming for them via Hogarth. So he's uh, he's not playing nice anymore because essentially all he was wanting to do was assume the life that he was supposed to have um, and be involved in, in the business in the way that he would have been if he'd still been, uh, if, if he hadn't been in the plane crash and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, he says basically, okay, well, I'm coming for you guys. I'm I'm going to be in this whether you like, like it or not. 
Um, now, we then see back at the office, uh, Ward gives Joy all the files that he has on Danny. So this is all the stuff he's been going around and collecting. Now, he's not destroyed them for some reason, which you would think that you would, but he, he hasn't. He's just locked them away in a safe. So he's he's still got them, and uh, this will be all his medical records and uh, all that sort of stuff, birth certificate and everything. And uh, Joy then tells... Ward about uh, a dream that Danny told her about when they met earlier on. So this was uh, when Danny had the dream of Harold visiting, or the quote-unquote dream of Harold visiting him in the mental hospital, which Ward obviously realises that this is wasn't a dream that Danny had. It was it would have actually been Harold visiting him in reality. So he's like, okay, like that that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> I need to look into this. Um, and so they, we then see Joy returning home to her house and she puts her keys in this little like handmade bowl and she kind of pauses for some reason at this bowl and like looks at it and it, we'd seen this bowl a couple of times like earlier on when uh, when Danny was in the house and even in like I think it was episode one when he kind of broke in as well it was there sitting on the table so it's something that she like some possession that she's had around for for years I hadn't but, yeah, noticed so she, it but yeah I mean, it was just kind of, it was kind of, kind of out of place because it looks shit, mm-hmm. like, and all the other stuff in her her house, which was obviously formerly Danny's house. Um, all the other stuff in the house looks nice and like new and like fancy, basically. Like it's all that feng shui stuff where everything has its place and whatnot. And then on this table, you've just got this like little shitty handmade bowl, which looks horrible. Uh, but yeah, so she pauses for some reason at that bowl. Um, but she's just, I assume she's been putting her keys in it for years because she comes home, locks the door, chucks the keys in the bowl and then is like, hmm, wait a minute. Um, okay, so we then see Colleen attending the illegal fight, which uh, Daryl told her about earlier on. Um, and she decides that she wants a piece of it and she calls herself the uh, the daughter of the dragon, which is a badass name, even though everyone laughs at it. It's a cool fucking name. Uh, and this big dude called uh, Rusty steps up to fight her um, and basically knock out or tap out to win. And she, this is actually quite a cool fight because she's obviously like very small and slender and spry and whatnot. And this dude's just like a big, he looks like a wrestler essentially, big muscle wrestler guy, much tattoos and whatnot. Um, and he he's warned to not bite. <laughs> Which, which he's obviously going to do anyway. But uh, I thought this was a really cool fight. Like, what, what did you think of this one? Uh, this is the... Oh, this this is uh, Colleen's The cage fight. fight. The yeah, cage yeah. Fight. Um, I, it, I, I liked it. I, I, still, I still don't think the choreography in Iron Fist is anywhere uh, near the fight choreography in Daredevil. And considering... I think, I, I think that's I think that's to do with like I mean the, the the sort of like sparring scene that we saw earlier with Danny and Colleen. I thought that was really well choreographed because they were they were essentially doing like both martial arts. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in this in this fight, you've got like one martial artist and one brawler, mm-hmm. which which I mean I thought the choreographing of that was actually really well done and it depicted both kind of styles really well and how those kind of like butt up against each other. Um, so I thought it worked really well. I, th- I think it just doesn't like look as flashy because, like, both people aren't doing martial arts, you know. So like, when you do have like 
both or multiple people doing martial arts all together. It looks like amazing, like in like in Daredevil. But I, but I really like this scene, like especially like seeing her like running around the cage and like mm-hmm. doing like flip kicks and stuff like that on him. I thought that was really cool, and uh, just goes to show you that like a little person can overcome a big person if they know how to move around fast and uh, it's punch the David strategically. Goliath thing. Yeah, exactly, and and uh, I, th- I thought it was a great fight. <coughs> But yeah, so she uh, she eventually like uh, beats him and uh, using basically the techniques that Danny had showed her earlier on, using this good like punch to his armpit. Is that the solar plexus? Um, I I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what it's called, but uh, I I don't think it was that. Okay. But but um, she she basically uses the techniques that Danny showed her earlier and wins the fight. Um, however, once she like knocks this guy down, she's just like absolutely enraged and just punching his face over and over. Which is not like a very uh, martial arty thing to do. Like you, you kind of like once once the guy's mm-hmm. down, like he's down, you've won the fight and it's over. Like you wouldn't do that. Like so, this is strange to see her do that because she's been quite uh, reserved for the most part when she has like taken somebody down in a fight up to this point. Um, and so she gets her money from the from the promoter who basically tells her to come back anytime. Now, uh, the, the next morning we see uh, the Rand versus Meacham case mm-hmm. where uh, the Meachams have decided to lower their offer to just $20 million and they've added a restraining order to it as well to stop Danny coming anywhere near them. And I assume that the name change is uh, still in there as well. However, Danny and Hogarth are fighting for uh, full rights for Danny uh, as well as 50, the 51% of the company that he is entitled to. Um, but in addition to that, they want him to have a seat on the board as well as a corner office and a full complement of staff as well as a what is it a one million dollar housing allowance per yes. year. So they they've kind of upped their offer. They're like they're like no, nope, we want more than what we were even asking for in the first place. I'm like okay. Um. So the Meachams kind of laugh this off, but at this point, uh, Hogarth produces this handmade bowl that we've seen in Joy's house previously. Um. So she's produced this as evidence of Danny's identity. Um, and she, they flip it over and it says on the bottom of it, to joy from Danny, happy birthday. And I think the word happy is spelt wrongly. I think it's got like one P in it. Yeah, I couldn't tell which word was misspelled, but Danny mentions I, I wasn't a very good speller. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Ward is kind of like, well, this doesn't prove anything. It's just like something. I mean, this could have been made by anybody at any time. Um but they're like, no, no, look closer. Uh, and sure enough, uh, we can see one of Danny's fingerprints from when he was a child uh, embedded in the clay. And uh, Hogarth assures him that this is Danny's fingerprint and they, they can prove it if necessary. Um, and basically, that yeah, we can, you can either sign over the thing or we can go to court. So Ward basically threatens to bury them in legalities for 10 years and, well, yep, this is going to court. We'll see you in court. And now Ward says to him at this point, like, you know, you could have just taken the money and had a great life. And Danny says to him, it's my name and it means something, which which is, like, probably the most powerful thing he said so far. Like, he, he wants to have, like, control over his name. And, like, they, they essentially are in control of his name at the moment because, I mean, the company's called Rand Enterprises. Like... They are running the company, and he doesn't know that they're really running it wrong yet, or if they are running it wrong. But um, 
he at least wants to have some say in what's being done in his name. But yeah, he could have had $20 million and he decided not to have that. Um, so at this point, they leave the meeting and uh, when Ward leaves, he makes a call, which Danny overhears. Um, and basically, this is all he hears is uh, Ward telling somebody that he's going to go and meet them. And that there's been a problem. So Danny kind of follows him um, and he ends up going to the, the sort of secret penthouse place. And and we, we know there's like a, there's a secret elevator to this which can only be accessed by like a handprint, which obviously Danny doesn't have. So he goes up the fire escape and then he climbs up the side of the building, as you do. <laughs> if you're Iron Fist, I would have just gone home. They're like, well, I've gone far enough. I'm 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 out. I'm not climbing up the side of no building. But Danny's up for it. Um, we we see and in, inside the building. Meanwhile, Harold is Harold and Ward are talking, and uh, Harold mentions about how he's trapped. You're he, he can't leave basically, and he needs Ward to continue to help him out. Uh, Danny gets up to the window of this penthouse, and he uses a card to un- unhook the latch and goes to climb inside. But somebody on the inside pushes him off the building, and he falls down. And the episode ends. They are on a cliffhanger. Well, it's more of a cliff faller than a hanger. A building faller. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, it does look like he's going to fall quite far. Yeah, it's uh, it's all he's what the thirteenth, fourteenth floor. Yeah, at least because I, I think what well, Wald went up to the fifth floor initially, and then went in the secret elevator to whatever floor this like penthouse or the secret apartment is in. Which is certainly high up anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a quite a high fall. Not something that you would, uh, if you hit the ground, not something that you would recover from. No. But yeah, uh, that was the end of that episode. Uh, so what, what did you think of this one overall? Well, like I said, I think it put me to sleep three out of four times. <laughs> um, it's a setup episode. It's moving. It's moving storylines forward. Um, I, I was still at this point. I was still interested in the Madison Avenue because uh, this is a very different take than the other Netflix shows. This had more. This was almost more of a legal business drama at this point. Mm, yeah. That was a, a, a superhero show, and you know we've seen that with Jessica Jones. I mean. Mm. Until the last few episodes, you hardly ever saw anything in terms of super heroic abilities or anything like yeah. that. Um, so, and they're kind of doing that with this, and you know, even Luke Cage. I mean, other uh, until until the last couple batshit crazy episodes of that um, with Crockpot Head. Uh, <laughs> You know, it really never turned into a superhero <coughs> show. Um, well, he summoned his Iron Fist in this he episode. Did, he did, and uh, but you know, I mean, and we knew this was going to be one of the low, lower key superhero shows of the four, hmm. just based on his abilities. Yes, he has the Iron Fist. Yes, we've seen it oh, at least twice now. Um, but you know, it's more of a martial arts show, 
so it wasn't the greatest episode, but and and there's there's just a few things that don't make sense. Like, how did Danny get the pot? Did Joy give it to him? Did he steal it? Uh, you know, Joy, and and as the show goes on, characters in this show, you're you're not sure what what side they're on, and we I think we keep seeing that uh, with especially the Meachams. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I thought that as well because like the way that they left things in the in the restaurant, like. Joy was angry at Danny, and uh, she didn't seem particularly. Moore. Yeah, she didn't seem particularly like remorseful about what she said. She's like, "I'm not your sister, and he's not your brother, and like basically, we don't want anything to do with you. You're not our friend. Fuck off." Um, and so like, but but the thing of the the thing that I come back to as well is though that when she came in the house, put her keys in that bowl, mm-hmm. she like lingers on that bowl, so. To me, like when the bull shows up in the meeting, it's clear to me that she gave them the bull for some reason, which is very strange considering our previous stance of like, I don't want anything to do with you, go mm-hmm. away. And you know, I have listened, I listened to one review, I'm not going to say I've listened to a bunch of reviews. Uh, and you know, IGN brought up some valid points and, uh, and other uh, to an extent. And, uh, but at the same time, uh, a lot of the stuff they said I disagree with, but, um, you know, overall, I think it was a boring episode. I'm not, you know, let's not mince words. I mean, it, it did some things, uh, it's, you know, it's a necessary, it's a necessary origin episode in Mm. the end. Because, you know, obviously you have to eventually move forward or and or resolve the uh, the Meacham-Rand uh, identity thing. And so I thought it was interesting with that they uh, found the bull, you know, that the bull was all of a sudden focused on. But how mm-hmm. it got from Joy's uh, foyer to... Uh, Hogarth was you know wasn't explained. I I agree with you. I think Joy gave it to Hogarth, but it at the same time it's like why would she do that? Yeah, it seems like a real like flip flop move mm-hmm. to be like, oh, I don't want anything to do with you. Take this offer and piss off. Like this reduced offer, go away. Um, but oh, here's this ball, like that allows you to have everything you want. Like it seems like a real weird move for me. I don't. I, I can't remember if it's explained more later no. on in in the series. More, uh, is it? It's not okay. Well, well I don't maybe think so. we'll maybe we'll see like more of it, like or more of the motivation behind it at least during the uh, du- during the season, or at least we'll be able to work out what happened for sure by like by a second watch. I don't know, but anyway, um, I, I kind of agree with you. It wasn't the best episode. I I. The, the thing that stood out for me about this episode was uh, was Hogarth's appearance. Like, that was the highlight for me by far. Mm. Like, seeing her come in and, and uh, basically, like, lawyer, lawyer herself up to the max and uh, do all the digging and whatnot. And it was cool, cool to see her come back. 
I, I like when they do this, like, interconnectivity stuff, especially with, like, hearing Madame Gao's voice as well and mm-hmm. introducing that, that mystery of, like, why is he involved with her and what's the, the bigger kind of arc here that's going on. That, you know, hearing Madame Gao, I like that. Seeing Hogarth, well, we knew, it had to happen. It, yeah, it just yeah. had to happen because, um, uh, you know, like I said, Hogarth is uh, basically his mentor and maybe his guardian uh, hmm. in the comics. So uh, we knew that as soon as she appeared in Jessica Jones, that she was co- that she was coming. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I, but like I said, over, and I think, you know, this is the first Marvel series that I can say I watched within all the episodes, I think within two weeks, maybe three. But, um, you know, even the Daredevils, um, it probably took me at least a month to get through all 13 episodes. Uh, Luke Cage was a slow burn for us. Uh, I think I watched like the first six and then kind of moved on to other things for a while. Um, but um, in this one, I think we were watching two two episodes at a clip, one and two, three and four. Hmm. I know we I know we went right into four with uh, the cliffhanger at at the end of three. Yeah. Um. So. I think we start to see some of the problems with this series. And, you know, we've already said overall that we liked the series and that it was better than Luke Cage, in our opinion. Um, Yep. But, you know, A, having the chance to listen, to, to hear a different point of view on it and going back and looking at it. And even even after my first view, I had a lot of, you know, kind of, huh? You know, there's some logic jumps, and there's some uh, pure logic, and, and there's some things that uh, they seem to spend way too much time on, uh, where probably other things needed to be fleshed out more. This is one where maybe they needed to either add, make a couple episodes an extra ten or fifteen minutes longer, or add an episode or two to the to the mix. You know, see. See, I think they could have done with tightening things up and just shortening things just a wee bit. Because I mean, each episode is like a full hour long, um, and, and I think that it would they would have probably worked better as like 40, 45 minute shows rather than like an hour. Well, but then, like I said, there were even if if they are, and I haven't been paying attention to the length of the episodes that much, um, the. The way it's edited, I guess, and what they focus on, and what they, uh, or what what goes on a little bit too long, hmm. uh, versus what needs a little more explaining, uh, isn't right. You know, uh, like I said, there should is there something on the cutting room floor with. Uh, you know, if it could have been a 30-second scene where Joy hands a, a box to uh, to her secretary and says, says make sure this is message uh, gets delivered today. 
She didn't even have to say give it yeah. to Hogarth. Yeah. But if there was her a scene of her giving a box to an assistant and said, uh, make sure this gets uh, messengered uh, over today. That that would have explained I mean, all, all of it. Oh, well, that would have seemed a, totally out of character. So I, I think it's Is not really about the I, fact... I mean, I mean, she's a conflicted character. Yeah, but I mean, it's not really about the fact that she... Like, because I mean, I, th- I think we're pretty sure she gave the box rather than it being stolen or whatever. Mm. Um, but it's more about like the like her character didn't seem like she would do that. So it, it, I thought it seemed totally her character for us. So, well, I don't know. We'll get more into like her character. And do you think he stole it? I, I don't. I don't think so. I think she definitely gave him the box. But I think it's so definitely how is that like out of character. No, no, no. Like uh, from what she was, from what she, how she's behaved in the rest of this episode, mm. like. She is not helping Danny in any way. So the fact that she does is like totally out of character. Like for for her in this episode. Well, like and for her like from what she's saying and the way she's acting, like for her to do something like that is like totally the opposite of what's actually happening. Agreed. So why did she do it? Yeah, I mean th- that's a question that will We'll need to get into more as the season goes on and we learn more about her motivations. Maybe she's, like, in love with him in some way. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you know, that, that isn't... Ex- you know, we don't get... I, I think it's kind of inferred that they, uh, they might have had a childhood crush on each other. But... I mean, it, like, I mean, she, she mentions that they were, like... They were like brother and sister, sister, and that like Ward was like a brother to him as well. So, but I mean, I I don't know. It's like it's hard to tell because they were so young at the time, like when they actually knew each other back then. Because I mean, he's he's what like ten, twelve, maybe something like that. So, it's a confusing time for young it's Danny Rand. Confusing Rand. show. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's definitely a kind of plot hole. I think that maybe maybe we'll be able to dig into it a bit more as the show goes on and, and unravel a bit for you. Yeah, and I think we're going to come back to this point quite a bit because there are just yeah. things that aren't explained well. And you just kind of leave you going, huh? Mm, yep. Shield logic. Shield logic. So. You can plug that hole in that airplane with a rubber dinghy. Go for it. So... Anything else you want to say about this episode, or should we get into the tweets? Yeah, let's get into the tweets. All right. We, uh, once again, we have a bunch of them. I want to thank uh, Tim Hernandez, James Warren, and Josh Laney got in on the action tonight, too. So, Thanks. I, I was kind of calling through these. Uh, some of them I don't want to get into just because... Well, some of them are kind of spoilery on uh, Spider-Man and things like that, but uh, some of them I, were I thought were uh, quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna save that one. Apparently, at one point, uh, Darth Vader was nearly made a cameo in uh, Guardians One. <laughs> no, they they do not do that. You cannot mix those two universes. Um. Okay, so uh, cutting to the chase here. Well, what it would have been was it would have been a Darth Vader action figure. 
Okay, well, well, that's okay. I don't mind that. And for a long, you know, I was going to do the greatest thing in the world uh, that you're in a spaceship and he's talking to one of the alien alien characters and he knocks over his bag and one of the alien characters bends down and picks picks it up picks up and it was a Darth Vader action figure and goes, "What's this?" Hmm. So you know, Peter Quill would have had a, a Darth Vader figure from uh, the '77 uh, movie. Nice. Like, that would have been a cool reference, because all that would mean would be that in this universe, the Star Wars movies exist, which is fine. But they changed it to him uh, to cranking up the Walkman. Mm, yeah, was, which is probably better. Music. Yeah. Uh, in Deadpool, the, a uh, Alpha Flight Easter egg has been spotted. Oh, okay. Yes. On the top of a cab, there's an ad for Alpha Flight Airlines. Cheap flights, last-minute deals, and travel insurance. Mm, yeah, so it's <laughs> kind of a, a vague one, but yeah. okay. The, I mean, because we know that... Because there was an Alpha Flight reference in Shoe before as well. Yeah, I think I remember something about that. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but there there was one. I think it was a, was it a reference to Wendigo or something like that. Can't remember, but there, there, there was one in Shield. I, I mean, Alpha Flight is more in the MCU wheelhouse, I would say, than because it was they, none of them were mutants, were they? That's a. Or, I don't know, yeah, that, that, <laughs> it's a loaded be, question. Yeah, that's a contractual issue because, uh, well, some of them are mutants, I think, uh, specifically uh, North Star and his Aurora North Star are mutants. Okay. Uh, Snowbird or Snowblind was a uh, goddess. Mm -hmm. Sasquatch, I think, some type of Hulk-like experiment. Um, Vindicator was a suit. I can't remember Puck's origin. (laughs) I think Puck is a mutant, if I remember correctly. Oh, God. So, and the other problem you have with them is they appeared in X-Men. I mean, their first appearance was, mm. I think, X-Men 120. And Vindicators right, okay, well, was mm. ju- uh, before that. And yes, I have mm. both uh, issues, and I have them signed by John Byrne, even. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, I have a feeling that that is a fox property in fact i think that there's been, there was another article i was reading maybe it was even uh, the one with the alpha flight thing that they were talking that alpha flight could appear in future x-men movies hmm. um they yeah i don't want to do this one it's about spider-man's powers and i don't think we want to go into that since this is, i want to keep this spoiler free on hope uh oh. Bear with me. Stop. Spider Man Homecoming. <laughs> Where's the god there we go. Alright. Um This is more on uh Spider Man Homecoming and a couple of uh basically Kevin Feige says that Spider Man is the character the headline doesn't match up with the story. The headline As is often the case. why Spider-Man is the best choice to lead MCU's Phase 4. 
and uh, basically what it and I don't know what he means by lead, but that is going to I guess the kickoff of Phase Four is Homecoming Two because Homecoming yeah. Two takes place minutes after the end of Avengers Four. So, okay, but it doesn't say anything more than that. Um. But so whatever. Um, but Spider-Man: Homecoming will take place. Will basically be the aftermath movie uh, from Infinity War. Okay. What's this one? Yeah, we already read that. Last one that I want to get into tonight, and this one will take a couple minutes, but isn't uh, horrible. Uh, is this is what heroic Hollywood wants to, what what they think will happen uh, following Avengers four? Okay, and it's just some interesting, uh, and you know it's their thoughts and well, we'll just go we'll just kind of hit them real quick here. Um, the first one, new Nick Fury. You know they expect David Hasselhoff. Yeah, there you go. Uh, they expect that uh, Nick Fury will be killed off uh, in Infinity War, and that might be the Coulson moment that brings Iron Man and Cap back together. Well, we know for a fact now that that's not going to happen. So that's true. We know that for a fact because he, yes, he's uh, already slated to be in Captain. Well, it might be a different Nick Fury. Maybe it's Nick Fury Junior. No, they said it's Samuel L. Right? Yeah, it's Samuel L. But. I mean, they could they could like make him younger in some way. And it could be Nick Fury Junior. But I, I think what could what could happen like in that could still come to pass is like in Avengers four, which would come out after Captain Marvel. Uh, then they you might possibly be killed off there, and then that's how they come back together. Okay, that could happen. Or he could fake his or he could fake his death or fake the death of anybody. Like I mean, they did. He did that in Avengers One. Yeah. They they faked Coulson's death well, to bring Coulson, the team together. Coulson was revived. He died. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. But like he he embellished it a little bit. Remember, he put the blood on the cards and all that. Which, yeah, that didn't happen. The cards were in his locker. They were not on his person. <laughs> uh, not. Their next uh, thought, the next big bad after Thanos, Kang. Yeah, that, that's. I think that's a good bet, and he's he's a great villain, I really great villain. Don't know. Well, except Kang is Nathaniel Richards, Reed Richards, and uh, descendant. Shut you up, can boy. kind of like, yeah, you can kind of play fast and loose with that though, because there's. There's different versions of Kang that have done like different things at different times, because there was there was one version of him where he came through as a Iron Iron Lad, and he was on the Young Avengers team for a while, and this is like when he was young, mm-hmm. um, and he was basically like an Iron Man type guy. But I mean, like <laughs> he's from like he's from like the year like three thousand or whatever. He's from way way in the future. Yeah, but I. Th- I think he's a Fantastic Four villain first. See, I would have said he was an Avengers villain. Like, I've seen him pop up in Avengers more than Fantastic Four. Although, granted, I've read more Avengers stories than I've read Fantastic Four. So, yeah, 
I don't know. We don't know who holds the license. I think Fox does, but I could be wrong. Hmm. Uh, that they'll go to a secret Avengers-style movie for Avengers 5? Yeah, I mean, we've kind of seen them do, like, secret Avengers, secret Warriors-type stuff in S.H.I.E.L.D., though. Mm. And they, they kind of did that whole, like, operating in the shadows-type thing in uh, Winter Soldier as well. And Civil War. Where they were all covert and, and Civil War as well, to a certain extent. Well, apart from the airport scene. So... I think that's been done. They don't need to go to that again. Uh, next, uh, the Netflix series will move to the big screen. Defenders on the big screen. Mm, I don't see it. I, I mean, I don't see it, but like other TV shows have made the jump to the big screen and been successful movies. So th- it's certainly possible that they could do it within the MCU. I think uh, they'd, they'd have to do a little bit of backstory as part of the like the opening of the movie though which cuts down your like time for your actual movie which is always a kind of consideration that movies should just take into account because you've got all that history to, you, to cover somehow you could do some type of suicide squad style thing with a real yeah movie. like a, a montage yeah i mean hell you know uh if people really want to know more about them They'll have season, you know, t- probably at least twenty six episodes of each of these to go uh, <laughs> watch beforehand. So, but I, I honestly don't see them like being made into like a movie, like a Defenders two as a movie that sort of thing. Uh, I could see them cropping up in like other movies, like that. That would be f- that would be fine, but not as not as their own movie. Black Widow bites it in. Uh... Infinity War. Um, yeah, I'd be okay with that. She's kind of on a course. Doesn't look like she's getting her own movie. I think she gets a movie in Phase Four. I think Possibly, she's but one, I, mean, I think she's one of the ones who survives. I don't think she needs a movie though. Like, I mean, we've pretty much seen everything she can do. We know at least enough of her backstory to be like, yeah, we. There isn't that many interesting Black Widow stories to tell. Like they, they, I think they should focus their efforts elsewhere on more interesting characters. Spider-Man will be everywhere. Yeah, well, that's a granted until the until Sony goes. No, we've had enough. Now your five movies are up. He's ours. Go away. I I tend to agree with you there. I I, I think you see him in Homecoming two, maybe Avengers five. Hmm. Well, that, no, that would be it, like, because he's Civil War, Homecoming, Avengers 3 and 4, and Homecoming 2. That's well, that's the five movies. And I think there's a Homecoming 3. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, oh, sorry, they did say it was like it was planned as a trilogy, three, so yeah. Th- three movie okay. arc. So that would then, be six movies then. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe he's not going to be in that Avengers 4. I don't know, we'll see. I can't say anything. Okay. <laughs> Star Lord will be. You know the, too much. Star Lord will become the leader of the Avengers. Okay, that's like I don't know. I don't. Maybe if Cap and uh, Iron Man die, then you would become the leader, de facto, I suppose, because he's the he's the leader of the Guardians, and if they're kicking about with the Guardians, then like the Avengers would just kind of fall in with him. 
it makes sense, I suppose. He's not the best leader, though. Old Star-Lord. It's an interesting thought. So, okay, so I didn't want... I, I had no intention of doing this. So, let's say Cap, Iron Man, Thor... Die in the in Avengers because mm. I really don't see the Scarlet Witch dying. Um, yeah, I don't see. I, I I see Black Widow and Hawkeye surviving. Maybe Hawkeye dying, but um, I mean, the 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 problem with killing off all these characters are these are the cornerstone. These are the pillars of your universe. Mm. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yes, the Guardians was is a breakout hit. Ant Man and a Wasp was a decent movie and did well. And but still, I think you know your pillars are Captain America, Hulk, Thor, uh, and Iron Man. Man. Yeah. Um, I I think Black Widow has. I think Scarlett Johansson has played a fantastic Widow. And I could see her. Yeah, who who would assume the leadership role if you kill off four of your franchises? Who is going? Who would be the one to t become the leader of the Avengers? You would have Black Panther. Me, Black. Mm -hmm. I think Black Widow would make would be a great leader. She's a good yeah. tactician. I mean, yep. Star Lord's an interesting choice, but and yes, maybe after uh, Guardians three, because I we're pretty sure he's going to be in Guardians three. Uh, could you move him over to Avengers? Yeah, sure. Uh, but so let's say by the end of Infinity War, somewhere well, okay, let's just say end of Avengers four. Who who do you have left standing? Captain Marvel, who may or may not already uh, have her orange origin story in the Avengers things. Black Panther, Spidey, which you only kind of rent him. Um, and he's still a kid. He's not going to be right. like leading the Avengers. Exactly. Uh, Hawkeye. Uh, who else is left? Hulk, maybe. Um, that's about it. Oh, and and Ant Man. Yeah, so, Ant Man is not not a leader at all. No, not Maybe this Ant Man Hank, anyway. No, Hank Pym could have been a leader. Yeah. Uh, Paul Rudd. No. Um. So who would who would you expect to be leading the Avengers in Avengers Five? I I de my bet would be on Widow. Yeah, probably would. I mean, I mean, Black Panther could do it, but he's the type of guy that wouldn't do it because he's like he's he's got that kind of like regal sense about him where he's he would probably pass it off to somebody that was better for the role. And so you he's a king. He's got other yeah. He's got too many responsibilities to be to be the leader. Like he might have to go home to defend his own home country at any time. Um, Widow has yeah, so ties to Shield. She's a Shield agent. She yep. is it, almost... it, either 
be either Widow or, or Captain Marvel if she's been introduced by like or if she's in the mix by that point. Because uh, I mean, she is like a leader of the Avengers in, in the comic books, like in the like and now. Yeah, like she's but, one of the main main people. But you've just introduced her. She has very little to no experience as a superhero. Well, we don't know that. It depends how they introduce her. But, they they could like if she is introduced in like space, then she could have years of experience before she bumps into the Avengers. Yeah, uh, assuming that we go with quote unquote origin story either in Infinity War, or Avengers four five, or in Captain Marvel one, mm. she she is she's not gonna have the experience uh, to be a leader where I think. I think a by putting Widow as the leader of the Avengers, you're a uh, giving her more or less a showcase. You know, it might not be called Black Widow, but she'll be the leader. You know, she'll pretty much be the star, or the one of the main stars of the Avengers movies. Uh, you mm. also do that uh, putting a woman, you know, in you know doing the woman empowerment thing. Uh, by making her the leader of your uh, franchise star, you know, you, you know, I mean, the Avengers is the showcase of all the movies, whether you you agree or not. But yeah, oh no, it definitely is. So make you know, put putting a female character in charge uh, checks that box that people need. Uh, you know. You know the equality box that everybody is worried about, um, and I'm not trying to be misogynistic, people. I just don't think I just don't think gender matters one way or the other. The best person should be put in the role, and I'm the one saying that Widow fits the bill. She's mm. a shield agent. She has years of experience. She's a good tech tactician, and she would make a good leader of. Uh, the Avengers, whether she, her genitalia are inside or outside, does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> she happens the, uh, to be a woman. I mean, they, they they could change it up and just have the Avengers as being like a strike team and not have them have a leader. Uh, have them more as like uh, a force that gets sent out to deal with stuff. So like then you would have like Nick Fury or like Maria Hill be in charge of them. But if if you or Coulson, yeah, or Coulson, if you uh, or Daisy, Daisy could lead them. There you go. Quake, didn't you say Quake eventually became a leader of Avengers at one point? Uh, well, she was certainly the leader of the Secret Warriors. Okay. Like yes. she, I don't know that she was in uh, like a leader of the Avengers, but she she was certainly a leader of the Secret Warriors. Okay, but if back if you go back to Avengers, I think it was sixteen. Of the original 1960s series, that's mm. where Iron, basically Iron Man, Thor, and the Hulk quit. Mm. And, oh yeah, and Captain America creates the B team with myself, Ryan, Fred, <laughs> and, uh, uh, Fred, Normie, and Eli. Um, but you know, and brings in. I think it was the Black Widow, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think, stayed. Um, and there was one or two was other characters. Hawkeye, 
Hawkeye was in amongst it there as well. Was it was it not because of Hawkeye that, that they quit because he was like he, he had a criminal conviction or something like that, and they didn't like this. Could be. I mean, I, I honestly didn't read the issue. I just remember that that was when the first Avengers lineup change was. Mm. So, um, you have all these. So. Uh, you could have a lesser-powered team, you know, more of a street-level team than a cosmic team. I don't, I don't know how well that plays on the big screen. Hmm. Because people, you know, the people expect. I mean, the Avengers movies have just been just the incredible, um, huge battles. You know the Chitari, the the what was it? Not the Sokovia, the Sokovia incident. Mm. Um, these aren't uh, these aren't like the uh, opening scene of what was, what was it? Well, no, of oh Civil War, Civil War, where uh, the widows led the strike the strike team against Crossbones, not Civil mm. War winner. Was it Civil? Yeah, it was Civil War. It was Civil War, yeah, you're right. So, uh, you know, those are a mundane mission like that as a two-hour movie. I mean, you don't have your big hitters. Uh, You know, maybe if you have a bunch of rookie... Well, I mean, okay, there's there's also War Machine and Falcon out there. Uh, Mm. So I guess you could... And Bucky. Yeah, and Bucky. So you have characters to draw upon, but as leaders, I would think you'd have to go with Widow. Yeah, I would say Widow or, or Captain Marvel, depending on how she's introduced. Um, Vision is is kicking about there as well, remember? True. But I don't think he's he's not a leader per se. He's just kind of there. Yes. So. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens to the Vision in the Infinity War when uh, the Soul Gem is taken. Yeah, that that will be interesting. So, um, all right. I think I think that I think that's enough for this week's show. Yep. <laughs> um, unless Andy and I come up with a way to record an episode Wednesday night, and that's going to be on Andy. Um, Unlikely at this point. Okay. It'll probably be a week or two before we do another show because next week I will be at uh, at D23 in Disneyland. Um, if you're looking for your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast fix, go to our Facebook page, go to our Twitter. Uh, I will promise to put up cool photos. Who knows? Sometimes I, I do it on Knuckleball on the Knuckleball page now. I do live uh, videos, uh, mm. Facebook videos, and I'm not saying I'm going to do it on uh, Shield. I'm not going to promise that I'm going to do it, but if something comes up and there's something worth doing a live feed and I can get a good connection, it'll be there. Otherwise, uh, I'll put it up later in video form. Thanks. Uh, nice. So, but I highly, highly recommend. Uh, if you're if you're into Facebook, I know that's kind of getting to be old hat these days, and everybody's moved on to Instagram. But 
we're not there yet, and I have no intention of going there yet. Um, Do you know I don't like Instagram? I don't like it. I haven't used it enough. I I, I play with it every once in a while. It's like, <laughs> meh. Um, but f- follow the uh, Agents of Shield cast face Facebook page uh, because I will be putting up things from D twenty three throughout. And, nice. and since there's going to be a ton of Marvel stuff at Disneyland, or at least I'm hoping there will be, I'll be putting cool shit from there, too, as well. Cool. So, um, so let's wrap this up. Andy, where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me on uh, 40 to Level 1 every Tuesday, live on allgames.com, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific. 9.30 Grinch Mean Time, uh, myself and Ali talk everything from movies, TV shows, and mainly video games. Um, you can find all our episodes on Stitcher iTunes as well as allgames.com. Okay. I just wanted to mention a couple more tweets I forgot. Hmm. Um, Josh Laney mentioned that... Uh, a Zune was because we I think we said the Zune was from the nineties. It's actually from the two thousands, and he actually still has one. Okay. And he says, "Not sure if that makes the soundtrack for the next movie any better. We will see." Uh, I have a <laughs> feeling it's going to be like thirty songs, the next soundtrack or something, because you know, the Zune mix. Hmm. I mean, it might just be like a Spotify playlist sort of thing. It could be. Um, and James Warren, uh, just got out of Spider-Man a couple days ago. Great movie. And he says the second, uh, post credit scene is a must see. Okay. So no comment from me. Okay. <laughs> but, all right. I, I just wanted to make sure I mentioned everybody because we do appreciate the tweets. We do read... We do read them all, and if we can, we definitely want to get uh, put them on the show. So I just want to make sure everybody got mentioned this week that tweeted us. Um, you can find me Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, on allgames.com, on the B-Team podcast, with myself, Ryan, Fred, Eli, and Normie. I forget anybody? No, there's five of us. That's five, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where we talk games, tech... And some movies and TV. We will, I think, be discussing Aunt Milf the movie uh, this weekend, spoiler-free, on this week's okay. show. And then you can find me Thursday nights, except this week, although I I am, I am, have made a bet. Uh, well, you can find me on Knuckleballer Radio, Thursday nights, 9 p.m. I will be in ca- – hopefully by then I will have landed and actually – probably be somewhere in the middle of disneyland when the <laughs> show airs and or goes live and if you know anything about knuckleballer is uh the it it takes uh a lot of effort on my part to <laughs> make sure a show is on every week uh these these snowflakes uh bow out of a show uh, for the most minor of reasons, so <laughs> uh, so, uh, and I I, I want to give you know I love Sean I love Eli I love Normie, 
but uh, a lot of times there's not many shows with all four of us on uh, together. And in the in the year, almost year that I've been doing this show, um, <laughs> I think I'm the only one that shows up every week. <laughs> pussies! Hey. They're a bunch of pussies. <laughs> I got a, I got a hangnail. <laughs> I only got six hours sleep tonight last night. I'm tired. <laughs> it's Groundhog's Day. We can't do a show. <sighs> but there, nor I, I have made a bet that if they do a show this week, I will call in, Skype permitting and inter, Skype and internet permitting, I will come on for a segment from nice. live from Disneyland. <laughs> Where in Disneyland? Who the hell knows? But somewhere in Disneyland, I will be uh, trying to uh, uh, Skype in. So check it out. It might be I, we might do a live broadcast from me on Guardians of the Galaxy. Who knows? <laughs> you know, I'll just put my phone in the pocket with with the Skype call and scream and yell the entire time that I'm uh, on it. <laughs> And then you hear a big smash when Chip's phone falls to the ground. So, but, uh, so ch- check out those shows. And we will see you guys in a couple weeks. And let's see. I don't care what type of co- car war nature uh, is getting into. Whatever you do. Don't!